up, Fantasy Fam. We are not coming to you this time from Rain Man Studios, Ooh. as that has been temporarily closed for the day. Uh, but we are coming to you live here tonight. We're going to talk some fantasy football. We're going to talk some Game of Thrones. We're going to t- have a little discussion when it comes to, you know, do we prefer to load up on ro- running back wide receiver depth? In those first few rounds, do we prefer to go after a top, you know, two tight end, top two quarterback to try to, you know, get that, you know, huge lead over the rest of the field? But first, we must, must, oh, actually, let's, let's mention the fact that our, our dear uh, co-host, Chris, is not here tonight. Um, he could not make it. But it, it is me and Sven. Life, and- life happens. Yeah, life gets in the way. What can you do? I almost said wife gets in the way, but life gets in the way. Um, Sometimes. (laughs) Not necessarily, you know, my sister. Not in this instance. Right, not in this instance, but it does happen. So we are going to move on without him. He will be back with us next episode. But first, let's jump into Game of Thrones. I mean, it is so important that we talk about... uh, um, So what is it important to talk about? What should we talk... Like, literally, I am... I am devastated for in so, so can, many ways. You can break it out, right, into whether or not, you know, we can have a discussion just about the finale itself, but then once you start talking about the finale, you start talking about the entire season. Yeah, it's impossible <laughs> to talk about the finale because when I, t- when I talk about the finale, I think of season one. Everything. Like, I think of what I've Everything. watched over the past, like, however many years I've been watching it. It's all I think about is, like, how could they have – brought this show through four or five seasons of pure gold perfection perfection gold like it was incredible and then we saw some some falling off a little bit season five season six you know but which were still very good they were very good i thought but this season on on the whole it was not a great season for the amount of money and time and how much they you know yeah exactly like how much (laughs) they promoted this I, i just i can't get behind it for what they were doing, yes. For the epicness that they were going for and the execution that they were trying to do. Yeah. The, what they were just, they, they fell flat. Like they got oh, they put on they put on rollerblades. Yeah. Or and, ice skates. And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go, I got this. And then just right down. See, the thing is, is that they got so far away from the books and the, the perfect books that George R. R. Martin wrote. I mean, the storyline that he wrote and the, the limited to zero plot holes, the character development, everything was perfect in his books. It was perfect. And they created a great Emmy-winning show from it. And then they proceeded to just take off running the two producers and make it their own. And it just, it wasn't good enough. There was too many plot holes, too many what-the-hell kind of moments. I just didn't get it. And the fact that the final episode was the best of the season... It's just, uh, I don't, I mean, I'm not disappointed in what happened. I'm not happy. I'm, I'm, I'm not anything about it. I'm, I don't, so, I'm on the fence. I don't know. I'm like so indifferent about what happened and we can make some spoilers. Um, we did know. If you that, haven't watched it by now, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't, yeah, you're, care. I don't yeah. care. We did know that Bran going into the season was the odds on favorite, uh, according to Vegas to take the throne, which he did. And so it wasn't a, it wasn't a surprise, but I was hoping that it would be wrong. But it was, though. It was still a surprise to me because he just, well, I choose Bran, the broken. And then he yeah, just like, looks over like, why else most, do you think I'm here? <laughs> the most useless character. Like, I'm sorry. Like, the storyline of Bran might be so important, but because of the way the producers did it, it, it was wasn't terrible. important. It was terrible. Like, 
that's what I'm saying is like if they would have spent a little bit more time developing Bran's storyline and the Three-Eyed Raven storyline in the show, maybe we would have been like, okay, now it makes sense. You know, now we love Bran. But like Bran had a whole season off. He was not in season five. That literally really disturbs me because here's the thing though. So if you go all the way back when he got pushed out of literally the first, first episode. episode, yeah, the first freaking episode, and then he sees a raven, blah blah blah, has whatever his little dreams, yeah, and then he be- and then he goes on his training and he he stresses, I I can I know how to stop the White Walkers, right? Isn't that yeah. kind of what he said? He knows how to yeah. like I can I can do yeah exactly like everything I can, can I know how to stop the long night you know mm-hmm. or end the long night end like, the long okay night. great then do it. Exactly. I mean, he kind of did. He set everyone up to do those things. Like, he couldn't do them himself, I guess. So he, he gave Arya the dagger. He, but, he kept John alive. Like, I, I just... Did uh, you know? But here's the thing, though. It's like, did the writers know at that point when they were doing all of this? Like, oh, okay, you know what? He's going to be king. We're going to choose him at the, all the way at the end, and he's setting everything up. Like, I yeah, really I always I wondered know. about that. I wondered if they kind of just got lucky in that regard, like, because they weren't part of the books. Like, it wasn't George R.R. R. Martin's books at that point. Like, once season four, season five was done, it became just the producers, you know. Yeah. Oh, whatever, whatever. We have gone on too long. This is not the Game of Thrones. Well, well it uh, is. I mean, hey, why not? Everybody loves this. We had a question yeah. from our boy at Belly Up Sports or a Touch On, and this actually really works. This really peeved me a little bit too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Flex FFB. Um, why didn't anyone speak and say that John was the rightful heir to the throne? Uh, um, nobody said that. And then here's also the other thing that I like. Why even? Why did they even bring that up? What, yeah. What, what even happened? What was the point? Storyline? What was the point of 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 acknowledging that John was a Targaryen if he wasn't going to be king? I know he said he didn't want the throne, but what was the point of that? And I think he wasn't. The, I'll, I'll say that he he didn't become king because Grey Worm would have murdered him at that rate uh, because he did kill the queen and Grey Worm was so. Who the hell are you, Grey Worm? I know. Well, he's a fighter. He's the best <laughs> fighter there is. I know, but so he would have killed John, and the only way they could get around it was John, you know, going to the wall. But the bigger thing to point out is that Grey Worm leaves on a ship to never come back when he goes to Narth. They're not. Why? They can't repopulate. But no, 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 no. I'm saying it's like John could have John could have just not gotten on the boat. He could I, have just I know, right? Landing. Like, what was the point of that? Like, yeah, let's sail off before our prisoner goes, and let's hope for the best with him. Yeah, right. We're like, never gonna see him again. But you know what? I trust him. I, he's gonna go to the wall. But like, honestly, he is what? an honorable man, John. I, yeah, that's probably yeah, that's true. But honestly, I really think the only reason that I can see. I mean, there's probably little ones, but this is the biggest one of why he they brought it up and they did everything they did in the last season with him being a Targaryen is so that Varys could find out, write out his little scrolls, and that's how they killed him. That's how they got him out of the show, I think, because he I was going to tell everyone. You know what maybe, I mean? Yeah. He, that's, how else would they have gotten Varys out? They would have found another way. Well, Varys had he would have survived. Doubts. I think Varys had his doubts about, about Danny, like, a, a while yeah. He started to, you're right, you're right. Yeah, I mean, then the spinoffs are like, well, what could the spinoff be now? Like, we already know there's going to be a prequel in some capacity called Blood Moon. As the like, one. way, like, way, way title. Back. It's going to be very pre. Um, but then there's ones like, oh, could, could, um, could uh, Arya, Arya get her from Columbus? Yeah. She's going west. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> there's so many things. I really think they could do a, a future spinoff of where everyone is, you know, 10 years from now. Like a Jon Snow one be on the wall with Tormund. I would yeah. watch that one. That's I, I, think it's, I think it's interesting what they could do, but I, I, 
just in my own way, I I wanted the show to end with grace, and it didn't. It didn't end with grace. It Some ended, things I liked, but it ended sloppily. I mean, the only way I can thing I can say is that the the final episode did sew it up a little bit better than I thought it would, um, but that was at a low bar already. So true. <laughs> but anyway, Game of Thrones done. Let's move on to the next show. There's going to be a show that captivates audience, just like Breaking Bad did, just like The Sopranos, Sopranos did. Just, the Wire, The Wire, ER, even, even like Friends. Yeah, exactly. Like Friends. Like that. There's yeah. going to there are going to be shows that do captivate audiences, but Game of Thrones was such a different genre the first time it really did i mean it's not a star trek uh you know genre it's not like a harry potter genre it set the the tone yeah it's somewhere in between kind of thing and um it's i mean have you watched chernobyl really quick no i started the first like 20 minutes of it holy crap starts right up you're like oh what what just happened it's it's absolutely insane so that's my new watch right now yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna tune into that one give it a shot yeah and in some old fantasy fam fashion, you know, I guess, or even during the season, and it's very early still, but uh, let's talk about some news, some injuries, because they are practicing right now, and people are freaking out about some players, you know. Oh, my God, Devonta Parker apparently is doing good at practice. Ooh. Miami has a, a knack of doing that. that. Miami has the knack of always building their players up. Uh, Adam Gase will do that with the Jets now, and Miami will do it with, you know, um, oh, God, what's his name from <laughs> New England? Um, their head coach. Oh God, the linebacker coach in Miami. What's his name? I don't know. He's the head coach now. Oh my God. Anyway, we'll come back. Yeah. We'll but anyway, back. yeah. News. News matters. At some point, we haven't covered it in a very long time, so it's let's just catch up on a little bit of you know, some news. Exactly. Uh, so we'll start off with uh, some injuries. Never good, but most of these are optimistic. Uh, Chris Carson. He just had some cleanup surgery. Should be fine in a couple weeks, maybe like a month or so, if they want to. You know, ease him back in. So, just wanted to note that uh, Matt Breda, slightly torn pectoral. Uh, they're expecting him back for training camp. Maybe uh, something to monitor. We don't know. He avoided surgery though, so that's good. Wait, can we talk about that? Raheem Mostert also had the re- they said they had to redo his surgery. Yeah, like what the hell what? happened here? What Granted, do you mean, redo. It's, it's a very you know complicated backfield to begin with. So. At this point, the more that flies start dropping, the better. But or the easier to yeah for for it's easier <laughs> for fantasy people you know fan, you know to make decisions on fantasy players. But it is important to note because Raheem Mostert is probably like the running back four on that uh, roster, and Breda was the th- he was probably the third down running back. I think he's the third down running back. I guess I think it's going to be split between Tevin Coleman and Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, um, who I still haven't seen anything from, but who Jarek? Yeah, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Uh, Deonta Foreman could, could this be the year? Uh, apparently he's practicing. He's looking really good. He's in shape. Um, coming back from a torn Achilles has a chance to surpass Lamar. What do you, what do you think about this? Do we, do we like it? Is uh, he's okay. younger than Lamar? No, I, I don't tell, like Lamar. He's on Jordan. I can tell you about say, I was just about to say, I can tell you, I hate Lamar. <laughs> he's on, he's on Jordan Howard level. <laughs> yeah. Lamar Miller is exactly with that Jordan Howard, Jay Ajayi type of player who they, I would, I could definitely see them going off for a hundred yards and two touchdowns in a game, but I could also see them missing the season or sucking for the rest of the season. So um, I, yeah, I think that we hoped that Dante Foreman would take the reins last year and then he was put on pup and then missed more time. And I just, I, I think if he is healthy, he is the running back one. 
Could be good things, actually. Even even having Lamar still even like a backup or even like a compliment, like I think they could be complimentary. Like, they could be very good complimentary. Yeah, backs. I could see them being like smash and smash and dash, basically. S- yeah, smash yeah. and dash. <laughs> that was very good. Uh, Andrew Luck being reevaluated for a calf injury. Um, I would obviously uh, take it very cautiously, you know, if I was Indianapolis, because clearly you can see what they can do when he's healthy. Yeah. So this is obviously something not to monitor, but like that I'm, I'm glad they're taking the extra steps. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't worry with Andrew Luck because he's a horse. Um, he doesn't, built like a freaking horse. Yeah. He doesn't miss time. He's, I think he's going to be probably my quarterback. I'm saying one, one for two. me, actually, yeah. this year. <laughs> my one or two, so I don't really have many doubts. Uh, they it. got better. Yeah. That's, that's just scary. But well, That's what happens when you have a great team that drafted well and had, what, $80 million in cap space. And the best offensive line in the game. And that, too. <laughs> oh, love it. Uh, Tyler Croft. Eh, for the season. I don't, it doesn't affect me that much. Don't care, really. I think Dawson Knox was going to beat him out anyway or compete with him for well, snaps. Yeah. So, um, I'm big okay. target though. Not okay. It would have been, you know, Tyler Croft throw him out there and then have Cole Beasley or little John Brown. Run, Tyler, run I, just, <laughs> I didn't understand the Tyler Croft one just because like he, he was like the three in Cincinnati anyway. You know what I mean? Like Uzoma became the one. When, well, when, I forgot her. I know, but I actually liked the way Uzoma played better than Croft anyway. So I don't, I didn't understand the, the signing of Croft to Buffalo. But Buffalo yeah. does have to cut some players because they have so many multitudes of running backs and wide receivers and tight ends that oh, they totally kinda... singletary's getting some reps. Yeah, so that's pretty and, cool. Yeah, there's a lot of camp battles to watch uh, come June. Uh, this one, this is the one that actually. Uh, so now onto a little bit of some news. Um, touch up on two points right now. One is I I don't think I would ever mention him on on this podcast ever. Uh, Brashad Perryman. <laughs> apparently playing very well in practice right now i know it's very early cool yeah right exactly <laughs> like i just yeah. I, I think it's exciting though that like we get to read something like this even though chances are he's... who knows well, he likes to air it out he could get yeah. opportunity. chris yeah. godwin and mike evans and then rashad perryman so it's not like he's gonna have like a great cornerback on him yeah so, i mean he's i still young he's still a young dude yeah, he's going to be the three and a half, probably. Right, behind O.J. Howard also. Yeah. Cameron, I guess Cameron even Bray. Cameron Bray, yeah. It's, he's not – I mean, granted, they're going to have to figure out how to run the ball. Um, but – That's going to happen. Yeah, well, <laughs> right. <laughs> Peyton Barber's not bad, though. He's not good. <laughs> I mean, he's better than Rojo. I, I am, am going to get behind Ronald Jones as starting running back this year. I haven't – I'm not going to put that in cement right now, but – I bet a, you will, Panama Red. There's, <laughs> there's a very good chance I put him as my uh, as the starting running back in Tampa. So, anyway, oh, all right. Um, and then this one, I actually uh, I proved myself wrong because I was like, all right, Joe Flacco throwing to tight ends. I'm like, he doesn't do that. Uh, yeah, he does. So Noah Fant, he said he's like very excited to play with him. He's got a big target tight end. When he had Dennis Pitta, he used him, and Dennis Pitta was. By far the best tight end he – I think he had actually Joe Flacco. Would you agree that he was probably throwing to? I can't keep up with all the tight ends I, Baltimore you, has had. That, dude, they had Dallas Talent-wise? Ta- oh, yeah, true. Definitely. They had Ben Watson. Ben Watson. Yeah. Who, Watson. Led, who led the team with, in receptions that one year? Yeah, he did. 
Which is, once again, Which is a, little de- a little depressing if you're not Travis Kelsey or Zach Ertz, but once again, it's fine. But um, could be good yeah. things for Doma fans. Okay. So it's very much known in the fantasy community, very much known in just life that rookie tight ends do not make much of an impact. It's just a proven fact. Unless um, you're Gronk or... We've had Gronk, Evan Ingram, Evan Ingram, Jeremy Shockey, some of the best rookie tight end seasons in the last you know 20 years. But for the most part, Rookie tight ends do not make an impact. Noah Fant, I'm just going to say that I don't think he's going to have the same impact as those types of players. Can he have some? Yes. But you're, you're talking about Deshaun Hamilton having a huge role in that offense um, this year. You're talking about Jeff Hurman, Hurman, who we still can't, we still can't figure out how to say his name. Um, he's good. Him, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's I like, like I – I Corton Sutton's second year. Herman Sanders, yeah. yeah Sutton. Herman's coming back from from an ACL injury, right? Did he have an ACL? I don't know. I think it was pretty bad though. But yeah, so you have Cortland Sutton, you have Deshaun Hamilton, you have Emmanuel Sanders. So Fant is going to still be that fourth or fifth option in the offense. So from a redraft perspective, no. From a dynasty, dynasty perspective, one hundred. Yes. Oh yeah, top five, five or six for me, somewhere in there. Hmm. Anyway, so. Okay. Yeah, I like catching up on the news because while I don't love to, you know, focus on the news, especially in the offseason, it's nice to kind of catch up on what happened. Exactly, what's like going on? Two or three months. Make it seem like we're interested right now. Which we, uh, we are. <laughs> Which we are, part. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested in fantasy. I am not interested in, you know. There, what we, there is no offseason. Yeah, there's no <laughs> offseason. But also, like, no one wants to hear, like, oh, this person got injured, but they're okay. This one went down. Like, after a while, unless it's, like, a really impactful one, it's like, meh, what's the point? But we haven't talked about it in so long that we needed to. True. And uh, so, so. so after that, we'll start off. Just a quick question that our boy Riff Raff, appreciate the question, my man. Uh, he's saying Todd Gurley or Chris Carson, which is kind of interesting depending on how you rank Todd Gurley. And that if where you have him ranked is, is um, pretty big. So, yeah, I, this has nothing to do with ranking for me. This has to do with injury and where we stand with Todd Gurley. But if we're talking healthy on both sides, it's, exactly. it's, it's not even a close greater. call. It's not even- <laughs> you're, you're talking about an offense that is going to – I mean, granted, they did lose Doug Baldwin. He's retired or cut or whatever they decide to do with him. Tyler Lockett is the one. So, Rashad Penny is good. Ref- I have a good reference. Okay. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think Seattle's going to become even more run heavy. I think they're going to try to run the ball with him and Penny as much as possible. But if we're comparing Todd Gurley and Chris Carson, I mean, we're talking about 16 to 17 potential touchdowns to nine potential touchdowns and it's not close. So, but yeah, it's, in, it's all based on injury, right? Based on injury. But if, if he is healthy, it's like Chris Carson is King's landing and Todd Gurley is, is Drogon. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yes, Just, that is correct. I mean, Todd Gurley was an absolute beast last year. But, yes, I would say healthy. I mean, you, obviously, you can't, you can't pass that up. Now, obviously, everybody like Daryl Henderson drafted him. Guys that played amazing in college. He was fantastic. They drafted him to back up Todd Gurley. They didn't draft him to compliment Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, if he's, if he's let loose, he's let loose. I mean, the guy's going to average three touchdowns a game like he was – for the first like seven weeks last year yeah um uh, yeah i agree and this is why i stress so much i know people differ with me when it comes to draft season you know they love drafting early getting those guys that are under the radar that they can you know get in the 10th round when by august they'll go in the third round 
But this is why I stress drafting as late as possible for most of your bigger leagues because injuries, hap- injuries happen, camp battles happen, you know, life happens. So I, I just I like to draft in later August, even early September, to make sure that we know who's sewed up at each position for the most part and you know, who's not. Even though I do love Chris Carson this year, though. Yeah, I do too. I mean, it's not it's not against him. I mean, I but, do like Rashad Penny though. He, I said he that. doesn't, and he doesn't really get, catch that many balls. I guess you know, Mm-mm. Chris Carson. And, so that yeah. that kind of brings him down a little bit. I agree. So let's get into the meat and potatoes of this uh, of this segment. We're going to talk about just a little bit of a draft strategy from our own perspective, how we view running back and wide receiver depth in those early rounds versus, you know, trying to grab a top tier tight end or a top tier quarterback. We're not talking, you know, a guy in the, you know, is going to finish as a quarterback six. We're talking about a guy who's going to definitely finish as a, you know, QB or tight end one QB or tight, tight end two, someone who's going to have a huge leg up on the rest of their positional field. And it's, it showed, I mean, if we talk about two who played for the same freaking team, um, last year, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs, is Travis Kelsey and, um, oh my God, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. It's catch up. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those. Th- <laughs> <laughs> he likes it's one of those ketchup. things. It's one of those things where, like, you know, I can understand wanting. It's like having the catcher position in in fantasy baseball. You know, you don't want to overdraft it, but at the same time, if you can get, you know, JT Real Muto, who's going to score, you know, a couple hundred points, potentially more than the the catcher number seven. Or is even it worth two. It? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You know, so depleted this year. Is it worth it? Because then you're reaching for a position that mm, you might be able to find points elsewhere. Like, what is, what do you, how do you attack? Let's start with, let's start with like just the, the quarterback position. How do you attack the quarterback position in your, most of your leagues? So if you have listened to our previous episodes, you do, I guess, somewhat see a trend in my drafting style I do wait for a quarterback it's very rare if I pick a quarterback early it depends on the league though I know that when you and I were in a league together a couple years ago we got we had Goff and Dak actually I guess we did wait a little bit but they were kind of going off the table so we were like let's just do it so it's it definitely the circumstances know your league obviously know the points like if quarterbacks aren't valued at that much and it's like then stock up elsewhere but I got Jared Goff in the second to last round I keep bringing that up Look, if you look at the quarterbacks from last year, Pat Mahomes, he was drafted so late. Matt Ryan, Big Ben, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, and Drew Brees, I guess, and Russell were the three that pretty much finished in the top 10 that were ranked in the top 10 before the season. Yeah. So clearly you can see the numbers that if you wait, hell, even someone like Dak Prescott finished 10. Mind you, it was uh, just about. I don't know, 100, like 140 points less than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is when I'm, you know, starting to look back at 2018, you see that Patrick Mahomes finishes obviously quarterback one. And according to Fantasy Pros, you know, this is just on a standardized league. He put up 417 points. If you look at the quarterback 12, Cam Newton put up 283 points, 134 point difference between the quarterback one and the quarterback 12. And Cam was ranked a little higher too. That was very, that's a very substantial difference and yes quarterback position is much more volatile for the most part because you know any quarterback who, who's drafted out of the top 12 could potentially finish as a top five quarterback it has been proven that each and every year that happens every single year it yeah. happens so 
the quarterback position for me is one of those ones where I'm going to completely distance myself from it. Okay, I, I know totally we're, agree with you on that. I, yeah, I'm not when I when I pose the question about quarterback and tight end, I don't mean them together. I mean I guess separate entities. So in those first few rounds, I'm not going to target a quarterback because of the depth and the value in those later rounds. But the tight end, for example, is a very very different animal. The tight end position is so it's it's either very very big boom or very very big bust. You're either going to just completely negate the category, in my opinion, once again. Or I'm going after Ertz and Kelsey. That's it. There's nothing in between. George That's, Kittle. There's going to be – I love Kittle. Don't get me wrong. But there are so many freaking weapons on that offense. We have Jimmy G coming back. I'm not really sure if he's going to have that same huge impact in the offense. But I agree I mean, with I you that the, the, the Kelsey and Ertz, oh, yeah. Yeah. But there's – to me, personally, there is a big difference between Ertz and Kelsey and everybody else. Kittle is like – 2A is like 2 basically or 2A. Him and Ebron are kind of like. Uh, no, and not even Ebron. I'm going to just. No? Wow. I'm put, Ebron's going to be in there with OJ Howard. Um, I Look, tight end position is something I have just dehumanized over the past few years. And I am not afraid to admit it. I do not value the tight end position. Jared Cook finished five. Right. That's what I'm about to say is that, you know, look, look at 70 it. points. 70 points more, dude. That's ridiculous. Let's let's go down even from one, one to from one to five. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> let's go even further than that. Okay. Let's compare the number one Travis Kelsey in PPR put up two hundred ninety five points. Number twelve Jimmy Graham put up one hundred and thirty one points. That is a hundred and sixty three point difference. That's that that's is disgusting. Gigantic. So what you're, what's your gross. what that's basically telling you is that if every if every team in the in in those top twelve in your twelve you know uh, twelve teams took one of those twelve picks, you would have at least that big of a difference over everyone else. Think about that. Like you would have a huge difference because yes, Kelsey and Ertz finished within fifteen points of each other, and then you had Kittle finish at two sixty. So it's not too too far off. After that, you're just seeing a huge drop-off after Ebron. I mean, the tight end position is, is a boomer bust one for me, like I said. I, I'm either going to take Ertz or Kelsey. And Kelsey right now, let's look at his uh, look at average draft position right now. He is going at the 2-0-freaking-3. Okay? He is going yeah. in the top 15. And I am skeptical. I don't know about you. He's going, according to Fantasy Pros, he's going two spots ahead of Patrick Mahomes. So let me let me let me throw out some names that are around the Travis Kelsey pick. Juju Smith Schuster, Dalvin Cook, Antonio Brown, Nick Chubb, uh, James Conner, Odell Beckham Jr. So see, I would I would take someone like an Odell Beckham Jr. Mm-hmm. I just I, I think Travis Kelsey at that, I, don't get me wrong, you're gonna get the number one tight end unless Zach Ertz takes a little bit of a leap because Kelsey's not going anywhere. If anything, Kelsey could get like 2,000 yards this, this season and, and over 115 catches. Yeah, my only skeptical thought is that with Tyreek Hill gone, what's the reason for not double covering? But are you putting, putting, your, putting your strong safety? It doesn't safety? matter. Kelsey's a freak. I know, but what happens when you put a, you put a slot corner, a strong safety, and a, a middle linebacker all over him? I mean, Kelsey's value is going to diminish a decent amount now because Tyreek Hill is potentially gone. What else do they have? They have a Sammy Watkins. They have an unproven running back for the most part, Damian Williams. They have a, an injury-prone Sammy Watkins. So what do they have besides Marcus that? Robinson? Yeah, Nicole Hardman. <laughs> I mean, 
it's it's a question of thought because the tight end position is going to be highly targeted in those f- early rounds for those specific guys, Kelsey and Ertz. And, and then seven more, seven picks later, Zach Ertz, mm-hmm. nine picks later, well, nine after Kelsey, so two yeah, after correct. Ertz. So yeah, two. George Kittle. Yeah. So, and then after that, it is like – the next tight end drafted is at 50 ranked 54th overall in Eric Ebron. So it's what I mean is like, it's, it's, do you want it? Would you right now, if you are given the, uh, let's say the 10th pick in a, in a 12 team league. Oh boy. Okay. So your 10th pick in the 12 team league, which means you're getting somehow you get Melvin Gordon who falls to you. Okay. You get Melvin Gordon at 10. Travis Kelsey is sitting there at the turn for you with, I don't think he would be. Okay. So fine. Say you're 11. So I would he, probably, I would probably so draft Ertz. 14. Honestly, you would draft Ertz or Kelsey over, say, I don't know, uh, Joe Mixon or Juju Smith-Schuster. Hell, even Mike Evans, someone like Mike. You know what I mean? Like that. Because so you so is it because is it because you love Ertz that much and you think he is going to? No, nah, because if you look at the statistics, one Ertz is very consistent. Him mm-hmm. and him and Kelsey, there it's consistency like amongst them. George Kittle, this is this is the first time we've seen it, so. I, I don't think it's a flash in the pan. Like, I think he's actually going to be one of the best tight ends in the league. But Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz have just completely, like, went ahead everyone. They're in their own separate category, like you said before. So I think having an Ertz, he, yes, he was only like, he was, what, 20-something points behind Kelsey. But, but still, he was way ahead of the other guys. And then right. you can load up later on on running backs, wide receivers, where clearly those guys are going to give more of an impact than let's say if I draft, I don't know, Kyle freaking Rudolph. So percentage wise, let's percent it. Let's just, let's just put this out in your mind about percentage wise, your thought. Is it drafting? Obviously the most important part of fantasy is to score the most amount of points each week, but is the decision to draft Kelsey or Ertz because you think they're the best player to pick there? Or is it because you want to have a clear, clear advantage over everyone else in your league for having the best tight end in the field? I would say it's got to be a little of both. I feel like it it definitely is a little bit of both. Because if you have one of the top tight ends, like you said, you're, you're already giving yourself that much more of an advantage each week, right? So then it's like, if you draft someone like a Philip Lindsay, well, naturally he's going to go a lot higher. But last year, hell, he wasn't even drafted. He, you yeah. picked him up from the waiver. He yeah. finished top 15. You know what I mean? So it's like. So the comparison would be Juju. Last year, Juju finished as the eighth um, ranked wide receiver in PPR leagues, putting up 297 points. That compares with Kelsey and his 296 points. Or 294, whatever the hell it was. So that's what I'm saying is the eighth wide receiver is comparable to the first tight end. So they are being drafted for the most part. Then if you're drafting Juju at the, at that 15th overall pick, or if you're drafting Kelsey at that over 15th overall pick, they are technically points wise the same. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So you there is a, but it's the position. It's the, yeah, there's a strong case. There's everyone. And it just, but if, 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 you're, if you can then get a tight end who's going to be a clear favorite to score way more points than the rest of the field, and you're not losing any value by picking him over Juju, why the hell would you not pick Travis Kelsey there? Exactly. It just it, – the numbers are there. Exactly. Like you, and I bet you Murph's listening to this right now too, and he's loving this. But Yeah, why would you not? I mean, if, if you're going to have that same point – okay, projected. It's like the movie 21. Where, yes, where, exactly. like you, you take you take emotion completely out of it. 
Right. Like, this I would actually love to draft a team. I don't know if anybody's actually done that out there. If you have, shoot us a tweet. Tell us, you know, at the Fantasy Fam, just a little bit about, like, if you drafted a team purely based on statistics and research. Like, you didn't, you didn't even – you looked at the name, obviously, but you looked at their stats and what they did, and you took emotion out of it. And I would love to know how you actually finished. Yeah, that it's it's very interesting in that regard. Like I wanted, like obviously we we both you know pick with our head and our heart, but it's crazy too much. There are people, there are people who say, you know what, I'm not going to draft a high end tight end even if they're going to score me that many points because I can find one in a dumpster later on or I can keep streaming them each and every week. No, you can't. <laughs> but the thought process also behind that is so flawed because that same thing can be said about wide receivers. Okay? If you can get rest assured knowing you're getting a top-tier tight end like Travis Kelsey with your 15th you know, pick, your second-round pick, you can bargain – you can go you know, bargain bin hunting for a wide receiver in the later rounds or on the freaking waiver wire who is going to score way more points than that bargain end tight end. You can get a Brandon Cooks later on, a Robert Woods, uh, even Cooper Cup, or even like a Jarvis Landry, Julian Edelman. I mean, this is – we're talking – but, like, you can get a guy like that and start them confidently. <laughs> say you were and to do a – must still have the top tight end or the number two tight end. So, say you were to do a mid-round tight end right now, or like, I mean, it's a late-round tight end. Would you rather have – Like who, though? <laughs> okay, let me, give you, let me give you an example. Wide receiver, tight end combination here. Let's give you an example. Would you rather have Travis Kelsey with that second-round pick? PPR? Yeah, PPR. Okay. Travis Kelsey and um, Cortland Sutton. Or would you rather have uh, oh, Austin boy. Hooper – Austin Hooper and um, Juju Smith-Schuster. Wow. They're both being drafted in those similar areas, PPR. They're both being drafted one very early in that late first, early second, and the other one is being drafted in that, you know, 10th, 11th round, give or take. So Cortland Sutton finished last year as the 48 wide receiver, and he had 94 points. Mind you, I don't think he played – Right, rookie year. Right? He didn't really play that much. So, okay – Let's uptick his points. Let's say he gets 100 and – I don't know. So this is, this is standard. 175 and, and – yeah, I would say probably 200 and – So he finished 50th, actually, 136 points. Yeah, you're looking at let's, 175. Let's bump up to 50 points, 180. Yeah. Let's, let's go to 180. He would finish as the 32nd last year. He would have finished as the 32nd wide receiver. 180. DeAndre Hopkins, 333. So – Travis Kelsey, though, I, I, I have to go with the Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I, I love I, – I, look, if I don't get them, I don't get them. And I understand the thought process. That's why we'll pivot to our next our, – well, let's, let's, let's just put them together now. Austin Hooper had 163 points last year. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey, 294. Yeah. And Austin Hooper finished number six. So how much what's what's the difference like that that is a big big difference for five positional difference on when it comes to rankings at the end of the season. Exactly. I the, to me I, I am like I said I am a I'm not a tight end truther. I am not saying the tight end position is undervalued. I think the tight end position is a waste of freaking space. But if you're going to do it right and you want to getting Travis Kelsey, getting Zach Ertz and fine, I will throw him in there. Getting George Kittle is a game-changing ability if you can get them at the same price and get the same point uh, value as a wide receiver or running back that is in that department, that is somewhere in that area. You know what I mean? But let's let's group that together with right, running backs and wide receivers. Is is that a healthy way to build your team? You know, just getting depth, depth, depth. You know, those first five or six rounds, three running backs, three wide receivers. Is that is that like a most your most ideal situation? 
I mean, it's definitely paid off. You know what I mean? Like it, it shows that it does work, but grabbing the tight end that early can also, I feel like that could help solidify. Like you can even get like a, a golden Tate later on. He's ranked 90th right now overall. Wide receiver 38. I'm not saying he's going to have a monster season, but he's the number one in New York. Yes, that offense runs through Saquon. But you, it, it's just uh, – I know. it's Because I, I, I've never really thought this passionate, I guess, or I've talked this much in depth, honestly, about the tight end position. And I feel like this past season was like the – it was just a kicker that just created this whole discussion, you know, know. A- amongst the fantasy community. Yeah. And like I said, I have, I have mentioned it plenty of times in the past is that my dream scenarios are always to build depth. You can never find enough running backs out there. You can never find enough wide receivers out there. You know, you can always stream a tight end. You can always stream a quarterback, but running backs and wide receivers for the most part, Obviously, running backs are way, you know, way more scarce than wide receivers. But the more depth you can require at those positions in the early rounds, the better. And I still stand by that. I stand by, you know, being able to sit at that, you know, one one ten pick and draft Melvin Gordon and potentially James Conner, or you know, Michael Thomas and and James Conner, or you know what I mean? Like I still stand by that, you know, third and fourth and fifth and sixth round picks being running backs and wide receivers. Okay, I'm. I am not just jumping on the tight end. You know, go draft Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz. It's it all the exact. It depends on who is out there. If there's guys out there that you just cannot like pass up. I mean, you have to. If you're in a bind and you have to take Beckham and like every wide receiver ahead of him is like is gone. I mean, then you have to do what you have to do. You know, and then obviously there's also tight end premium leagues, which I know are starting to become pretty big, which honestly, I don't know why you would do that now because that means Travis oh, Kelsey's yeah. going to score even more. My favorites, and, my FFPC leagues. And, your, and it's your, just, NF, your NFBC leagues, your FFPC leagues, you're looking at tight end, 1.5 tight end pre, uh, points per you, reception. I would you draft can, Travis Kelsey first. You can draft. Well, Travis Kelsey in, <laughs> NF, in, NFFs, in um, NFFC and in – I said BC, sorry. NFFC and in FFPC leagues, uh, you're going to see Travis Kelsey go in the first round. Oh, without a doubt. He's going to be like the 108, 109 potential pick, I'm guessing. I would love to see those, those ADP now, but they don't have them. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's a possibility. And it, yes, you're right. It's all about case scenario. It's all about where you are in the draft. Does Travis Kelsey fall to the middle of the second? Or, you know what I mean? Does, does Zach Ertz fall to the middle end of the second? It's all about who's around them. Exactly. And here's the, here's the other thing too, that, I mean, it's way too early and we haven't, I haven't done any mocks or anything like that. We just did a dynasty actually, which we will, we could just, you know, touch up on after this, but it's like, if Travis Kelsey goes off the board, let's say in the middle of the second round, does that mean the next couple of guys are going to get like freaked? Like, Oh crap. Like Kelsey just went like, should I take Zach Ertz? You know what I mean? Like there's a chance for Ertz and Kittle. Do you think, I mean, but, do you think there could be that, that little run? And then, I mean, you won't right. see, you won't see a, a tight end to like another like five rounds. Ertz or Keenan Allen? I love Keenan Allen. I mean, Ertz, <laughs> Ertz, Ertz or T.Y. Hilton? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, you know I, mean? So, so, no, I, think, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, you feel like you have to go Keenan Allen. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like. I think there is a pretty distinct difference, even if it's 30 points, 35 points, there is a difference between Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz in that regard. Um, 
So, okay, so here's the thing. In a PPR last year, Zach Ertz, 280. Keenan Allen, 260. Okay. Yeah, but it was also so, a down year for Keenan Allen, so. But, yeah. A little. Yeah. I don't, it's a, it's a food for thought kind of thing. I think it's, 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 there's no right or wrong answer to doing it. It's the fact is, are you okay with, with, you know, making a tight end selection early on that while it'll pay off, are you willing to sacrifice the running back and wide receiver depth? Quarterback we've already ruled out. I think there's so much depth and there's so much volatility at the position. And there's so many players that can finish as top 12 quarterbacks that it doesn't really phase me to, you know, try and reach for Patrick Mahomes in the late second when I can get, um, give me, give me a good one. Um, yeah. Oh, give me Jared Goff again this year. <laughs> well, Goff, Goff's gonna, Goff might actually fall more than we think because he did struggle at the end of last year. Um, but I mean, yeah, like there are Philip Rivers later on. Um, Drew Brees later. Baker Mayfield is going. Oh, Baker, uh, Baker's going to go high. You're going to see Baker off the board as the top five quarterback. Yeah. I mean, there's so many players that I'm okay with taking. I mean, Jameis now with Bruce Arians. I just, I think there's, and I just think there's so many ways that can go. Um, so, how Dak Prescott's going? Family. Yeah. Like, I, I would not mind having a Carson, Carson Wentz. I've, I've always stressed how much I love Carson Wentz, even though he gets injured. Mitchell um, Trubisky. Yeah. Another decent. So, I think the only, the only thought process in those early rounds is running back, wide receiver, obviously. But now the tight end premium because of the strength. Only of those. The yes. Only yeah. those. If you can get them. Right. You're not reaching for a freaking yeah. Jared Cook, even though Jared Cook could have a decent year. With your New Bruce. Orleans. Yeah, I agree. I'm not. I'm not saying that, but I don't think he's going to have the level of no. dif- difference between who can be drafted around him. No, he's yeah. It's leagues, leagues ahead. Awesome. Well, this is why we talk about these things because different thought processes from other people can sway our, you know, sway our decisions, sway what we think. Um, I mean. I don't think there's anything wrong with it because in any given league or any given situation, a player can fall to you or, you know, someone can get taken from you and you have to make a decision. So we, it's well so, worth the discussion. Yeah. Uh, so I did mention we had a dynasty startup with our, um, some buds that are going to be at sports con this year, you know, props to you guys. And we had the ninth pick in a 12, 12 team dynasty startup. And we took Todd Gurley. I, I kind of I, – I like it, you know, but we also handcuffed him later on with Daryl Henderson. Yeah, I loved it. I was the firm believer and the, the pusher of that pick because the fact that he fell in a dynasty, he's 24. What the hell is everyone thinking? The injuries, yes, I get it, but he's still a He's still a monster. He's a game-changing running back when healthy on a team that's going to use him a ton. So, dumb. But anyway, that's what I think. And then and Julio. Julio is my favorite. How does he – I, I remember doing a dynasty like four years ago and people like didn't take Julio or three years ago. Whatever. Wasn't he injury? He was injury prone. Not only was he injury prone, but they were like, oh, he's getting older. I was like, what? <laughs> getting older. He's everybody. He's is. A fine, he is a fine wine. Yeah. He gets better <laughs> with age. I, th- there is no slowing him down right now. Like he is an absolute freak. He's, yeah. I want to see him surpass 2000 yards. Like, can it happen Matt Ryan, please? There's a chance for it, you know, happening. So I loved those back-to-back picks. They were my favorite. And then we followed it up with, what, T.Y., right? Um, I think either T.Y. or Aaron Jones. Yeah, we took – that was our next four – that was our next two picks was T.Y. And then we got Tyler Lockett, which I really, really like oh, that pick because he's still – I love him. He's I the number it. one. He's the number one on their team, on that team too. Jarvis Landry. Oh, my 
God. Eric Ebron, I like that one because there was, I mean, there was no one else out there. And like a lot of the younger guys already went. He's still a young tight end. He's, he's still a, young, exactly. Yeah, he's a top five, six tight end. So. And, if, and if you're Indianapolis, why would you get rid of him? Clearly yeah. it worked last year. And, and Dynasty works differently than redraft when it comes to tight end. You still need to field them. You still need to use them because with tight ends and redraft, you can just go to the waiver wire with – with Dynasty, not so much. So you do need a top-tier tight end in Dynasty to have any type of – And we did get Ian Thomas too, which I kind of like also. Very yeah. young. Mm-hmm. Very young. Yeah, I agree. And then I think some of the – one of the ones that you really like was uh, Latavius Murray. That yeah. Was a... I didn't even love him for Dynasty. I loved him for the fact that he's going to get nine touchdowns this year, ten touchdowns this year. I mean, he's going to have such an impact on the Saints uh, in 2019 that it really didn't matter how long he plays after that. Yeah. And then some later ones, like I like Cole Beasley We I, I picked for us. Not bad. He's the starter out there, you know. Dante Pettis, that's another good one. Love it. I don't know. Overall, I like our squad except for our quarterbacks. Josh Allen, absolutely love him. If you but as our quarterback that. one. But he is our quarterback one. And so. there's not much of a quarterback two position. <laughs> so well, well, we have the quarterback – we have the starter for Tennessee, whether it's Ryan Tannehill or Marcus yeah, Mariota. So. I'm still not happy about that being our case scenario, best case scenario. Uh, but yeah, so, so we already got great. one offer today for. So yeah, no. <laughs> so if you're listening, chances are you're probably like, you know what? I'm, he needs a quarterback. <laughs> Please send them our way. Yeah. <laughs> so all right, well that does it. That does our episode on you know, some, some early round discussion when it comes to whether or not to pick the tight ends, the running backs, the wide receivers, the quarterbacks, how you decide to plan out your first four or five rounds and how we decide on value and if it's worth it. Um, we did miss Chris tonight, obviously our, our spokesperson coming from Rayman Studios, but I feel like we can close down the house nicely. Um, so, oh, uh, SportsCon, you want to take this one? SportsCon happening July 12th to the 14th. Um... We will be there. We are hosting a table. Uh, so come by, say hello. And don't forget, if you are registering, put in our promo code, Fantasy Fam. All one word, caps, lowercase, doesn't matter. Apply it, 20% off your general admission and VIP wow. ticket. Wow, what a deal. So, Amazing. A lot, a lot of people are set to appear. A lot of cowboys, naturally, since it is in Dallas. But it's going to be great. So... Yeah, and I won't be there. So, so you're gonna whatever. be. I don't. You're gonna care. be I, in Italy. I'm gonna be in the. I'm gonna be in Tuscany. So I don't. And even that's care. that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna be drinking wine in Tuscany. So, <sighs> anyway, awesome. um, you can find us at thefantasyfam.com. You can follow us on Twitter at thefantasyfam. We are what like seven followers away. We're I think we're ten. We're or ten, ten followers. We are like now. ten followers away from a thousand. So please get us to that mark again. Awesome. The fantasy fam. Um, we. Literally, we would be so ecstatic just to get to that uh, that that milestone. We Incredible. do have a giveaway coming up, as we as we have tweeted out a signed Mark Ingram jersey um, from his days with the Saints. He may be gone, but he will forever be a Saint. So, if you're a Saints fan, so, an Alabama fan, or just Mark Ingram fan, <laughs> a fan of football, have yeah, it. Or a fan of football, right? So I mean, we will be giving that away to a lucky winner. So, yes, we will give. I'll get the details. Um, next episode next episode we'll find out and then i'll also have it up on our website as well so yeah it will take more yeah it will take more than just a retweet it'll take more than just a yeah give me the give me the jersey it's going to take some work it's going to take some listening but it's going to be worth it in the end i promise you that 
So on behalf of me and my wonderful cousin, this is the Fantasy Fam signing off.